0: Mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighters Fury inside the heart of a champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM 790 The Ticket. Ah, uh, yeah. Good Sunday morning, everybody. It is time for Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Simo will be here momentarily as he is settling on in. We got a lot to get. It was a busy fight night last night. You had UFC Minneapolis, a rare whole UFC card on ESPN. Did not help the fact that it was going. All the main events were going on at the same time. You had Charlo fighting on Showtime. You had Andre fighting on DAZN, and then you had Engano versus Junior dos Santos. Although our predictions were correct that uh, that Ngannou would get the win over JDS uh it did not go long and really Francis Ngannou's last three fights have not gone long he is he has eliminated all of them in under 90 seconds and it's been super impressive seeing Ngannou's bounce back from the title loss and that awful showing against Derek Lewis falling out of favor with Dana White all of that stuff all of that stuff considered that he had to Go about this where he was looked upon as probably damaged goods that a guy that hit the hype train a little bit too quickly and that wasn't going to be uh, in the same fashion. He wasn't going to be the monster everybody painted him out to be. You know, I've always dubbed him as UFC Drago, that this guy was looked upon as an unstoppable force, the scariest puncher in all of the sport. And when he fought Steve Bay, it was hard not to hit him with the e-word that he was exposed that that he looked like a guy where if you could stand up to the the firefight for just a little bit and you had any kind of wrestling you could break that cardio and that was going to be the end of the france and story there were stories of his lack of discipline in training that he wasn't a guy who was working hard at his wrestling that he was going off to france to train and so you know from a guy who the UFC was actually building in their lab, that he was at the Performance Institute, and seemed like he was uh, was an MMA version of Bane, it looked like the run was going to be over after he lost the the title fight. And then certainly after he fought Derek Lewis, which was one of the worst fights you'll ever see, and he said afterwards, "Yeah, I'm I'm shook. I I you know the, I can't tell you that the the title fight against Deepa affected me." And you're like. All right. Well, is this guy gonna bounce back? Is he gonna be the same? And since that loss, I mean, he has been an absolute wrecking machine, beating Curtis Blades in forty-five seconds, beating Kane Velasquez, who, yes, old as hell, has a cage around his his spine, but even still, you would think has the perfect stylistic toolbox when he goes in there against Francis Ngannou, that he's gonna do work, and and he eliminated him and. 26 seconds so much so that uh that Kane thought that he busted up his knee because he buckled so quickly and then last night he takes out another former champion in Dos Santos a guy who probably has the best boxing in the division and so you're talking about a guy now who's laid waste to basically every contender or champion that we've had outside of Verdum and Stipe I mean he has taken out Alistair Overeem with one of the most vicious knockouts you have ever seen He's taken out JDS, Kane Velasquez, K- Curtis Blades has looked like a monster against everybody but him, and here we sit, man. And he's, he's on the doorstep of another title shot, and it's hard to deny him because I don't know who else you'd go with outside of this steeped, uh DC fight. Good morning, Seema. Good morning. You're oh, pumped. I was crazy, man. Like I, I'm just very impressed. I didn't think. I thought after he started talking about that shook stuff from the Derek Lewis fight a year ago. I know we were going to see Francis back at the top like this. And he's, he's been an absolute monster. He's been a machine. It is this, it's it's got to be the scariest thing you face two minutes in an octagon ever. It's, I would agree. He's hellacious. How about those kicks? Oh, my God. Like Michael Bisping was like, whoa, man. I mean, Michael Bisping, think about all the people Michael Bisping's in there with. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, that, that just sounds terrible. Going like on. he was
1: getting hit with a bat. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was hopeful that it was going to go longer. First of all, thank you to the UFC for giving me a free fight, so I don't have to <laughs> try to watch it on ESPN Plus. So, thank you. Shout out. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. So I could see a UFC fight.
0: <laughs> I wasn't for you. Was it nice? Was it nice just it was. flipping it, on the it, old it television?
1: Felt, it felt refreshing. I didn't have to go to a sports bar to watch it. <laughs> I could just sit back in in my in my own place and to relax and, yep but, so uh, I enjoyed it. I yeah. enjoyed all the fights actually
0: there was a lot of finishes yesterday yeah, a lot of finishes a lot, uh, lot of thrillers shout out to Joseph Benavidez who looks like he's actually in line for a title now that Mighty Mouse is off in Asia he finally gets to go fight somebody for the flyweight title but we found out this week that Henry Cejudo is going to be out for a few months so who knows what belt he's going to defend next or who he's going to defend it against but that was a cool win for Benavidez to get that yesterday agreed he looked good he looked real good. But uh, but getting back to Francis. Yes. You uh, you you watch that and you see what he's done. I mean, it's going to be interesting seeing what happens out of the DC-Stipe fight and who's going to come out of that with the victory because DC seemingly is hinting that he's going to retire after that fight no matter what. I don't think DC can beat him. You don't think DC can beat Ngannou? Just too dangerous. Yeah. Even if he were to, Well, see, DC,
1: while he's strategic... He also is a risk taker. That's true. And he likes to impose his will on people. Yep. In the same fashion in which they can win. Right. It's like a psychological thing. Okay, you're supposed to be a wrestler. Well, I'm going to show you I'm a better wrestler. You're a puncher. I'm going to show you that I can hit harder. Yeah. And I think that, you know, something inside of you and in your heart just leads you down that path, whether you— whether you don't want to do it or not, or you don't train, you know, you're you're training and your your strategy for the fight tells you to do something else. You get in there and the the cage door shuts and the fans are screaming and yelling and you look across the cage and it's time to engage. I think sometimes those plans go out the window and I could see DC wanting to really make a statement. Right. And at that point,
0: what does he have to lose anyway? The thing that I would be interested in, is DC's never been the biggest money guy outside of the John Jones fights, so those always do huge business, right? Would a DC fight against Francis do big business? I think it would, I think it would, I think it would, think it would do much bigger
1: business than Stipe. Oh, yeah, like the Stipe Kumier fights are for fight fans, yep, and these other fights are for you know these larger fights, the John Jones fight, obviously, the Mystique. And the, the craziness that surrounds a John Jones fight, especially up into this point, and the same with Ingunu. I think Ingunu is—I don't want to call it a freak show, but it has it, it has those connotations. And I do have to say this: there is no way that Ingunu is six foot four if Dos Santos is six foot four. Oh, I just need to say thought, that for the record, because it's
0: the tail of the tape said they were both six
1: foot four
0: somebody's lying he's big man he's he's big he's scary he's got those just those lunchbox type fists on him just he's he's but i i really think that even with dc being maybe one of the best heavyweights of all time one of the best fighters of all time baby, basically this side of john jones there's still an underdog quality to him because of his physique because of his height that every fight he goes into like I don't know. There's just there's just this this thrill of watching him try and overcome things. I mean, that Stipe fight was big for him because he was able to have a huge accomplishment that was outside of John Jones. So if he's able to get past this, um, I don't think he can make two hundred five again. Like John was talking about this this week, and I agree with him. I don't think he can make two hundred five. And I think John if- Jones. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't DC. think DC could make Yeah, I don't think he can either. I think and if he were, I, I think it'd kill him. I think, I it, think too I, many cheeseburgers. Yeah, I think I think it would just destroy him to the point of like, well, what's the what's the point? Is he going to be beat? Not only does he have to fight a guy he's never been able to beat, but now he has to beat the scale. I just I I think it's I think it's tough sledding for him. And John said that this week. Yeah, yeah, that that it's just like he's like that's too much for him, and like I'm kind of bored with the matchup to be honest with you. Like I've done it, and and it's rightful for yeah, him to think that twice. You know he's 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 beaten him twice. Yeah, there was a steroid test after one of them, but we all watch what we watch, and I don't think that anybody coming out of that, other than you know that these guys talk tremendous trash to each other. What else could be said? Because John has the ultimate humbler. It's going to be a whole thing of steroid jokes and and I uh, I made you cry. I'm your daddy. Like we're going to do that again. We did that with the rematch. So if DC has a big money fight on the line. Yeah, I think I think that the Ngannou thing if he's able to get past Stipe, I think that's a—I th- I really do think that ends up being a big moneymaker for the UFC. I think that I think that could be a really huge fight. Especially, I mean, like last night they announced that DC is doing these uh Kobe Bryant detail things and he has Kobe Bryant tweeting out, "Hey, I got my man DC. He's now doing he's joining up with me and Paint Man to do that project." That's big exposure. You have a yeah. Kobe Bryant with his millions upon millions of followers saying, "Who's Daniel Cormier?" And I think that's a big deal. I think that's a that's a that's a lot of exposure to put on a guy, and I really think that it has just a real it has a real big charm to it. It's it's the it's almost like a classic David versus Goliath again. Um, with with if you were to rematch against Stipe, there's a couple things. One, I think you lose a little bit of the mystique because Stipe did break him. Like Stipe put a put a a, a bad beating on on Francis Ngannou. Yeah, and he's got the keys to it. And so while yeah, it's it's maybe like, you know, if Stipe comes out on top with the with the whole D D C win, I, I still think that Francis deserves the rematch because he's pretty much cleaned out everybody he's been in there with. Um, it doesn't get me as excited as a matchup against D C would. D C versus Francis is is like the fight. I almost want to like say, Hey, if uh if if Stipe slips on a banana peel, don't be afraid to just put Francis right in there for Oh, I'm for, sure he would for for a step in fight. I'm sure they would, without a doubt. Be huge.
1: If Sleepy can't fight, that opens up a whole other dynamic, and I believe
0: that inganu would get he'd be in there immediately. Yeah, yeah. Fun, fun, fun showing last night for Francis, and you know, to to, to some people were like, I had a couple people tweeting at me this, like, 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 JDS got right up, like, I don't, I don't understand, he wasn't taking much, of, like, he was, he was full turtle. Like it yeah. was it. What Herb Dean's doing there? He's doing him a favor because he's going to get his face caved in if he if he allows Francis it, to do what he has to do there. Yeah, Dos Santos was not moving. He was not trying to roll
1: out of that. He was not you know. He didn't try to jump up and right and you know create distance. He was clearly balled up and he didn't dispute the stoppage no, at no, all. No, no, Afterwards, no. he looked and he was disappointed in himself. Yeah, disappointed in himself, but he did not dispute the stoppage. I thought it was a good stoppage. It was. At that point, it was inevitable. I was hopeful for a longer fight because the way that it started within the first 30 seconds, it looked like, whoa, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Because they were both throwing with conviction. You knew it wasn't going to probably go past the first round, but I thought that there would at least be some clean engagement. I mean, that, that shot that put him down wasn't necessarily the cleanest shot. So you kinda I guess as a fight fan and wanting to see the train wreck, you wanted to see the Alistair Overeem type of shot yeah. to finish it and not you don't want to see it if you're a Dos Santos fan or see it if you're his family members, but just to continue to create this this wave of hype and to continue to push the groundswell up for Nganu and what can be used for him to, to position the next fight or the next series of fights. Right. The guy's got an amazing
0: catalog of knockouts. The one thing I'm interested about, uh, there's a lot of talk about, like, Francis' ego when he was up, up at the at the height again when he lost to End and lost to Derek Lewis, um, that there was a falling out with, with Dana White. Because Dana White, yeah. I mean, Dana was salivating over him going into the those title fights. Like, oh, this is the guy I've been wanting to be my superstar, which I think he can be. I mean, if you have a guy who knocks people out like that, it, it's basically the version of tyson like they've been they they would love having somebody like that be their champion um do you think that there's any feeling of dana white watching that cage side yesterday because francis came over to him and he's like hey, give me the title shot and dana's like kind of lukewarm he's like yo oh, go see what happens you know what? we'll see what if one of them gets hurt like not not excited at all which i feel like he should be yeah i wonder if he regrets it all kind of yanking the rug from under francis immediately and is just like he he hopped off that bandwagon so fast. He did, he did really so quick. fast, and I think part of that though was
1: the rumors that had been bubbling under and circulating about how what his demeanor was. Right, right, right. Leading up, leading up to the fight, and his camps. Yeah, his arrogance camp- and area, the way that they carried himself. Going
0: to France or some nonsense like that. Correct. Um, but even still, like he's got to watch that and understand man if, if dc comes out on the top like i got I, I got i got a big fight now i got i got a, even the businessman that he is the savviness that he's got he's got to realize Ugh, all right i guess i gotta hop back on board with this guy and, and fully support this because this could be a big in. this 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 i think that dc versus france a big in is, it, it, a big, in. A big in. we'll be back with more after this it's fighters fury on am 790 the ticket Ah, yes. Welcome back. Fighters Fury continues. Just to let you guys know, also, we have a lot of coverage of NBA free agency coming up basically from 11 a.m. to midnight on the ticket. So To midnight on Sunday. Get yourself ready. To midnight
1: next Sunday. Next Sunday. Yeah, it never stops. Every time I turn the radio on, man. NBA free agency left and right. Everybody's got an inside connection.
0: Yesterday in boxing, just to give you guys a little bit of an update, there were some interesting matchups on the zone. Demetrius Andrade, who does some training down here at uh, Delray Boxing and over at Henry Host's place. Um, he had a shutout win over Selecki. He retained his WBO title, knocked him down in the first round. After that, it was pretty much cruise control. Um, the only reason this – I mean, and the big reason this is interesting is because he has that last piece of the middleweight title, and Canelo – is not really set on an opponent yet. There was apparently but there's reports this week that the Triple G trilogy, those negotiations aren't going well. And then, surprise, 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 surprise. Uh, and then Jamal Charlo, he ended up winning br- over Brandon Adams yesterday in Houston. Uh, he looked really good, really tough fight. Brandon Adams, I mean, God, he was taking some bombs in that fight. Did he call for a fight with Canelo too? Well, he <laughs> did. But here's the thing that's interesting about that. He had so the WBC did this weird thing this week, Seema they what now they <laughs> this is crazy they dubbed canelo the franchise champion i don't know what that means and basically the way i read it because i gave you the the seven things here it says the franchise champion designation is exclusively appointed by the wbc board of governors the design is not transferable and is exclusively to the fighter who receives such designation he will be designated by the as WBC Emeritus Champion once he retires from boxing. The Franchise Champion proudly represents the WBC in every fight as reigning WBC Champion, regardless of any specific conditions, titles, or being associated with all future fights. WBC rules and regulations will be governed under the traditional conditions of boxing in the Franchise Champion fights. The WBC will approve through the Franchise Champion promoter every opponent scheduled to fight the franchise champion agrees to participate in minimum of two social responsibility events a year organized with the WBC. The WBC may recognize the WBC champion in the division or divisions where the franchise champion currently competes. The WBC may award a diamond championship belt in those fights in which the franchise champion engage. If the franchise champion loses, the winner will receive the diamond belt and may be considered as mandatory contender of the division. So Floyd's coming back. There's a diamond belt on the line. I guess. I, so the way that I read There was this, one way to get Floyd to come back. So the way I read this is there's these reports that Canelo may be fighting Sergey Kovalev in his next fight at 168 pounds. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why when you have Charlo, you have Andre, and you have um, Triple G out there at middleweight. Why does he not want to fight at middleweight? Um, and this isn't to say Canelo's ducking because I don't know if the guys, he's one. The, guy, the guy's taken on a lot of t- uh, well, tough contenders.
1: Well, based on bullet point number four, right. he could technically lose the fight and still be the champion.
0: Yes. But they made – he was the WBC middleweight champion. Yeah. And then yesterday they made – or this week they made Charlo – their WBC middleweight champion but Canelo's the WBC champion of everything. It that's kind of what I read when I hear that. Yeah, it's very very He's, uh too, it's, it's a, a lawyer wrote this. Right. You
1: know that because it could be there's a lot of gray area in there. It could be perceived however you want. Um and there's there's a there's a lot of outs.
0: Yeah. Well, they clearly okay, so clearly the WBC wants to be in the Canelo business and why wouldn't you? He's the biggest star in boxing. Um. Everybody wants to be associated with Canelo if they could be. That's why everyone's calling him out. Yeah. The Conor McGregor. Yes. Theory. Yeah. But if he's not, if he is the middleweight cha- if if he is the middleweight champion, he does have all the other middleweight belts other than the, the WBO, and I guess he doesn't have the WB- I I don't understand. But See, he this, doesn't have the diamond belt. He yet. doesn't have the diamond belt yet. Yeah. Yes. I don't know, man. Like, is this the WWE now?
1: Is are gonna be like.
0: I- the the million dollar belt? Yeah. The million dollar belt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I could, to me They got the million dollar forty yard dash.
1: <laughs> now they got this, the diamond belt, the million dollar belt in wrestling. What would What's you next?
0: if if you were Oscar de la Hoya and Canelo, what is the move you would do? If you had uh Charlo, who's an Al Heyman guy not under your umbrella, you have Andre who's not a big name. But he is—it's the easy fight to make because he is under the uh, zone, so it seemingly is a, a match made. Do you do the trilogy with Triple G, or do you like do you risk it and go up and fight Kovalev, who's not what he was? But I mean, come on, man! Like that's that's a devastating puncher. That's a huge risk. Um, it's it, it's a it's a tough fight, man. That's a, that's a tough fight, Kovalev, and I don't really know what, what you gain from it. Yeah, that exactly. What is what is Canelo Alvarez beating Sergey Kovalev mean? Other than he's walking around with some 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 big ones, some big cantaloupes in those shorts of his. He should call out call out Floyd for the diamond belt,
1: fight for the diamond belt. I don't know, man. Floyd's jeweler probably makes the diamond belt. He probably for the
0: WBC. Floyd probably is like, eh, diamond mm, belt. That's interesting. It's just me. It's like, what is that worth? A million. Nah, it's too poor to be on me. He'll walk around with it in his
1: in the backpack that he doesn't carry, that one of his guys carry for him. <laughs> yeah, I think we're onto something. Maybe you could be a matchmaker. I like it.
0: I like it for ESPN Plus. There's just a how about just a how about we put a ladder in there like WWE and there's just a bag of diamonds above the ring, so you have to knock out your guy, climb up the rope, like a pinata. Yeah, exactly. I like the way. Hundred um, percent. So yeah, that's uh, that's where things stand. But a good showing by Andre last night um so good win for him jamal Charlo, same thing oh and shout out to erickson lubin he had himself a nice win that's good to see because he, he they put him in there with uh, J- uh jamal Charlo's brother about two years ago when he was 21 and he got starched flatline and it's good to see him starting to bounce back because they were saying this on the broadcast last night but probably too early for him um but another guy who trains trains in west palm so um a shout out to him did he call out canelo after the fight too no, he didn't. Oh. He actually didn't call out anybody. He's like, "Look, I know that the, a lot of the guys have championships." He's like, "All I want is a top ten guy. Just Boring. keep, keep giving me, uh, keep giving me big guys." Um, this was announced this week. So the UFC announced that Colby Covington will not be fighting for the welterweight championship next. He is going to be fighting Robbie Lawler, the gatekeeper, August third in Newark, New Jersey. No man, I don't want to call Robbie Lawler a gatekeeper. That's so hard. Robbie Lawler's one. My, he's maybe my favorite fighter of all time. I think that's a good thing, a gatekeeper.
1: You think so? Like you got to get through me to like legitimize it's... yourself. We called Masvidal the gatekeeper for so long. Masvidal called himself the gatekeeper because he knew that if you beat him, then you you know yeah then you can go on and fight for a title. Right. It's not to take away from the fact that they're well, on their mission to fight for the title as well. Yeah, but George is. But now... you're
0: not going to jump me. You got to go through me. Well, George is definitely in the spot right now where. I mean, he wins next week against Ben Askren, and he's fighting for that title. He's going to put him to sleep. You think he's going to He's going to
1: knock him out? Yes. I think so, too. I think Askren's eyes are going to look at each other about halfway through the third round.
0: I'm a little bit interested in this. For, I'm, I'm interested in this for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, Askren, who he's been Bellator champion, he's been one champion. He makes this this long-awaited UFC debut where he has this, you know this long-standing feud with Dana White not letting him in the promotion. They say for personal reasons, but you know Dana White may know and he thinks he's a born fighter. He is boring. He's a born fighter. It's like and, Maya, and then he goes out. There. Oh man, that fight! Is Maya. Spider Monkey. I felt ba- like I thought Rocco put up a, a good third round in that fight too. It's I did. T- you I know, too. It, 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 it is a, it's it's a Maya, it messes with your mind fighting Maya because you are so focused on not getting choked out. It takes you so long to pull the trigger. It's
1: like fighting a wet blanket. <laughs> How do you fight a wet blanket? Someone throws it on
0: you. How do you get it it's off? It's like, like impossible to get off of you. Trying to trying to stir your way out of it. But um, man, I I want and I tell you something. I want Masvidal to be champion so bad because I think that is I think that's how like we get a pay per view down here. I think that I think if Masvidal had himself a champion, uh, if if he won the championship over Usman, put that at the Triple A. Oh man, that'd be amazing. Because that last I tell you what. Man, that last card at Bank of uh at BB and T was so good, man. The the crowd was jumping. Smart crowd. Yeah. It was not like a, I mean, like the old reputation has to die here for what this place is as a market because people were really and that was not like a that was not a it, who do they have? It was uh it was Jacare versus uh Joker. It yes. was like that's not a big billing. No, not a big billing, but it's bigger than Demetrius Johnson, who they gave us the last time I know. Around. That's I know. what
1: created all the flack from Dana said he'd never bring a fight back here. Yep. But we know he's a liar.
0: <laughs> we got yeah, short-term we, this memory. This we know, he does have a short-term memory. But yeah, man, uh, if Masvidal gets that win over Ben Askren, man, I think that'd be huge for him. And, and and like the way he went into that, the way he went into that Darren Till fight and just knocked him out in his own place, knocked him out in England, it was it was such a, you know, for a guy who's been in the game for so long, it felt like that was a game changer for him for his career. Like you know, headlining like that, knocking out Darren Till the way he did. In England, you know, had the whole thing with Leon Edwards afterwards, where he's talking smack to him, and he just walks over to him from the interview yeah. and just pops him with the old three piece in a soda. But man, I don't know how everybody in Miami is not rooting for 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 George Masvidal all next week. I mean, this guy comes from Miami. He's you know back back in the days of fighting in the in the streets with with Kimbo Slice. I've been him in every promotion, every which way. He's he's. I, I tell you what, you know his cool, man? When the, UFC, when the UFC was here, yeah. um, it was, uh, he, he got to talk to uh, a bunch of kids. And, like, I've interviewed George Masvidal before. Raw dude. Yeah. Let's suffice to say, need a lot of dump buttons. Yes. We were wondering how this kid thing was going to go. <clears throat> One of the it – was, it was such a good talk that he gave these kids about, you know, just, just fighting through life. Being able to just stay committed and work hard at everything you do um, meant a lot to him, That uh, to, to these kids that he was from down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that meant a lot to him, really connected with them. And uh, it was cool to see him have that kind of outreach for a guy who's been in the game for so long. Agreed. Great guy. I met him during the promotion
1: for Bellator 1. Wow. This is, what, 11 years ago? Maybe 12 years ago now. And met him had some great conversations with them even since then as well and he's always shown he's been a classy fighter he's a fighter now he's yeah. gonna get in there and he's gonna scrap and he's gonna and he's gonna bring it and I think that's what so many fight fans love about him he's not necessarily a talker no he's he's just get me in the cage get me in front of my opponent and I'm gonna kick his ass.
0: Yeah, you're right. Like he is. He's just. He's he's just as real as it gets. You know, like he's not a talk. He's not a bleep talker, but he's he's a very fascinating person. What is person. a bleep talker? You know, he's not one of these people that goes out there like what Colby's been doing. Colby, what he's doing, he's talking a lot of junk because he thinks that's gonna get him noticed. It's like the Chael Sonnen. I've never heard him use that word bleep. <laughs> well, yeah, I got to use it with him otherwise. Oh. I mean, one time I had him on the radio, he cursed so much. He broke, he broke this little red button. <laughs> he broke it, man. He's hanging on its side. He broke it. It was so, like. We don't need anything else broken in here. <sighs> Did you see that when you walked in? Yeah. <sighs> the, I think the building knows. It's There's like, skylights I now. Think, I think the building knows, hey, finally everybody's leaving in two weeks. I can finally collapse. I thought there was renovation going on. I walked in, I saw skylights. <laughs> Say, wow. Oh man. Stepping come, it up. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit of uh more about UFC 239 coming up next week. John Jones back in the cage. Amanda Nunes back in the cage fighting Holly Home. We'll get to that car when we come back after this. It's Fighter's Fury on AM790 the ticket. Ah uh, yes. Welcome back. We were just talking about uh, some local MMA that was going down. Titan FC55 was in Fort Lauderdale on Friday. Shout out to uh, Juan Puerta, who won over Claudio Ledesma. You sound so excited. Bloody fight. I watched this fight, Azima. I can't believe it get stopped. Like, it was. Imagine, like, a water park of blood. That's how much blood was in this cage. It was. Whew. It was wet. It was. It was. It was. Not So as I say, tough to put in some submissions on this one by the, by the end. Because this, this, uh, Ledesma got gashed open in the third round. And I was like, oh, doctor's going to stop this. There's no way. They put in that Vaseline. They're like, eh, go out there. A couple punches. In the Who floor. was the doctor? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen him, but I don't know his name. I've seen him, but I don't know his name. Shields? I don't know. The old guy? Uh, didn't look that old. Uh-huh. Didn't look too old but it was uh it was bloody so Juan Puerto kept his flyweight championship and then uh Chase Hooper who was the guy that were, the UFC was big on promoting cuz he was on the contender series and um they uh he's 19 years old he looks like he's 12 he uh he had a dominating win he went to 8-0 i don't know if he's going to be in the UFC yet cuz it looks like a stiff breeze would blow him over looks like he could use a little bit more cooking um <laughs> But uh, but they he should looked, hang out with DC for a little bit. But uh, but he dominated. He looked great. So shout out to uh, to the to the guys there and the uh, performance. Now next week we got UFC 239 International Fight Week. Can't wait. John Bones Jones is going to be fighting Tiago Santos, and is he looks to defend his light heavyweight championship of the world, and. I can't pick against him, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like I like Thiago Santos. You better not pick against him. He uh, he trains down here, and I always like to root for the guys who train down here. But especially a guy with a sledgehammer tattooed on his you chest. yeah you have a sledgehammer tattooed on your chest. You're a badass. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question you. And, and Lord knows he's devastating. But look, John's taking on guys who throw through who throw hard before. I just I don't know, man. I don't know where the path to victory is. He just—he makes you so uncomfortable every time you step in that cage. The kicks—the the kicks to the knee, you know—the the reach, even you know. Like John's been known—he's got eight-inch reach advantage on this guy. Yeah, and John's been known as a guy who will poke you in the eye as well. Like, hey, it's part of the game. He's—he uh, makes—he makes everybody uncomfortable, breaks you down, and by the time it all ends, you're just like, yep. This—I don't know who figures this out. I don't know who figures it out. So, it's not illegal unless the ref calls it. That's true. That's true. Unless you warn them. So, yeah, I think John Jones is going to go into victory. And then the interesting thing will be what is next for him. Luke Rockhold is fighting against Jan Blockowitz in this fight uh, on, on this card. I think John versus Luke would be a fun fight. Luke now at light heavyweight. Uh, DC connection. They've been teammates before. Um, Luke's a big, Luke's very well rounded. Hasn't, I think, been on. I mean, he's had some really gnarly injuries, so his career's been derailed a little bit. And so he's looking to get it back on track. Um, but I think that's a big enough name where you're like, all right, I could. He's won the belt before. I could see. I could see him maybe beating John Jones here. But that's starting to be what it is. Like the the, the names you're talking about are bringing up Chris Wyman from middleweight and bringing up Luke from middleweight because he's. Why? Right, because beat- they're getting fatter. Getting fatter, getting older, and John's just kind of beat everybody. So where do we go now? Where do you, where do you, you know, like he's he's cleaning out everybody at two oh five. I'm calling it today. Fight of the night, Diego Sanchez, Michael Chiesa. Yeah, that's a good fight. Do fight of the that, night. Do You see that? Damian Maya said afterwards. He said that he wants to fight Diego Sanchez next. And I, if I'm Diego Sanchez, he's like, what is this? The opposite person I want to fight, Damian Maya. If I'm Diego Sanchez, I look at that and go, like, get, hey, Damien, will respect to you because nobody dislikes you, man, but no thanks. Yeah. No thanks. Hey, uh, you know that, that thing where would be the I'm, worst fight you know ever. That, you know that thing when I point to the ground and we throw down? You wouldn't do that. No, he'd lay on the ground. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, you mean we take a nap here? Yeah. All right, cool. Cool, let's just figure that out. He'd lay on the ground and he'd wave him in. Yeah, man. So, I got—I'm uh, picking John—like, do you— I think I think we're all like we're we're in agreement. Like, do you think uh, Amanda Nunez is going to beat Holly Holm? I do. I think she's too powerful.
1: Holly Holm is a Holly Holm is a is a better probably. I won't say a better, a more technical striker, but I think the ferociousness of Amanda Nunez is way too much for Holly. Holly's not powerful. No, Holly is she's a punches and punches, a punches
0: accumulation of damage. And eventually... She's got... It's funny, because she has the most famous knockout in women's mixed martial arts history with that leg kick on Ronda kick. But she doesn't... That's not her. Like, no. It's, and, and and this is the thing. There there was a reason that fight was such an upset when it happened to Ronda. Because Holly, when she first got into the UFC, like, she was barely winning fights. Barely winning fights. Agree. And so... She looks like she's river dancing out there when yeah, she's fighting, too. Yeah, man. Um... But I think it would probably... It would have to be Amanda being so careless that something like that happens again. And Amanda's world's better of a striker than Ronda. I can't imagine her making a mistake like that. Agreed. I can't. I don't know if it gets out of the first round. You um, think it gets out
1: of the first round?
0: I could see it making it out of the first round. I could see I could see uh, Holly Holm being cute on on her feet, trying to, like, make what i'm just saying on like, her feet you know what i mean like be doing a doing a bunch of moves to try and like frustrate uh amanda nunez river where, dancing yeah river dancing but like i think to the point where it's like she could frustrate amanda and amanda's like kind of in her own head she's like all right should i go here should i go here should i go here and then round two just blitzing her and destroying it i could see that happening i could see that happening i think i wouldn't be surprised if what you say is right that it doesn't get out of the first round but i could also see a feel-out round but she's the best like look Amanda's the best. She's got the best resume. She's beaten every big time fighter there is. This is kind of the Ferocious. last. This is kind of the last one on her resume, but beating Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, Cyborg, Valentina Shevchenko twice. There's not really she anything beat in, Cyborg in a round. In a round. I mean, that's yeah. It's it there's there's not really a uh, a competition for resume here. Cyborg um, hasn't even started sweating
1: steroids in the first round yet. <laughs>
0: hasn't gotten fully pumped yet no. um yeah man i just I, I don't think that there's really any competition there and then i don't really know what's coming down the line for it and I, I think amanda's put light to this as well i don't know how much longer she's going to do this she's kind of said like yeah maybe one two that's it i kind of want to get out one two more fights or yeah. one two more years one two more fights uh one two more fight but i kind of get it with her like you know what's almost better for her this is what i would say if you're Amanda Nunes, it's almost better for you. Get one or two fights. She's made good money. I mean, look, she's been event in a lot of fights. I'm sure she's done very decent for what she, for what most women fighters do outside of Ronda Rousey. I'm sure she's done pretty well. I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm waiting to hear where you go with Well, this, this is what I would say. I would say it's almost better for her. Go away for a little bit. See if any contenders develop. And have a comeback fight. Go
1: away. So go away. Get rusty. Yeah, and then bring yourself down to the competition is basically what you're saying.
0: It doesn't sound as a good plan when you say yeah. it like that. But is that what you're saying? But that's kind of what I'm saying, yeah. Because yeah. okay. I do feel like she's so far ahead of everybody in this division. You, you may, I mean, you kind of like put a damper on my plans. I'm sorry, but but not yes. my intention. Yes. I just wanted that's to what clarify. I, would say. I just think that yeah, it, there's no there's no harm in like a little uh, a little seasoning, you know. Or maybe just take a year off. I don't know. But she has two, you know, two damn. I'm cool with her taking a year off,
1: but I don't want her relaxing back and not fighting and then coming back for a comeback fight. You never know what happens in a comeback fight. That's true. And you give someone a, a false sense if someone beats her. That's Let's sick. just hypothetically go with your plan of she takes, takes two years off, allows the competition to build up confidence, comes back rusty and loses – and then you got one of these knuckleheads thinking they're the best fighter ever because they beat an and- Amanda Nunez after two years off, soaking in the sun, sipping margaritas. Yeah. I mean, she is 31, so she's not— She's got at least 10 more years left in her.
0: <sighs> the only person I'm seeing, like, in the rankings— You don't want to
1: see a 41-year-old Amanda Nunez
0: fighting? Nah. What's wrong with you? Um, I mean, like, the only thing that you could look upon in these, like, in the top 10— who you know i'd like to see cats like get some wins because cats has got the only like devastating win of her this side of the this side of the uh of the decade so i'd like to see i'd like to see that fight but she's lost three out of her last four or four out of her last five so that's probably not gonna happen i can't imagine she's getting a title shot anytime soon and the one time she did gano f- yeah come on bro that's what i'm saying though man look there's nothing here Mean. In in either, there's no there is no 145 weight class. Look at it. Uh, there's no rankings. It's just her. Well, maybe
1: they need to create one. There's Ooh. other there's other organizations that have a 145, right?
0: Like like what are you just buy. somebody? to go buy
1: somebody out. Just buy somebody out. Yeah, buy, but just buy that division. I don't know, man. I don't know. Who uh. wouldn't sell that division to the UFC?
0: i don't know uh so yeah i think we're in agreement both champs are going to come out on top uh, in pretty dominating fashion so hory masvidal versus ben Askren. i do believe the john jones santos fight
1: will be a good fight
0: really yeah i don't necessarily
1: think it's going to be a blow i didn't say it was close Good fight and close are two different you things. You think that Tiago I think it will be have,
0: competitive? You think Tiago going to have a shot where we're going to be like, whoa?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to connect on Jones. Jones shown himself to be susceptible to punches.
0: Yep. So, if you were to say he has a weakness, which is, it's going far. It would be his hands. Like as far as if you had to rank all the things that John has, you know, kicks, reach, defense, takedown, submissions, probably his hands. So and that's reach just- I say
1: reach reach is a blessing and a curse. Yeah, so reach gives you distance If you can keep that fighter at the end of your punch the reach is amazing Now if that fighter steps inside your reach and you can't connect with him cleanly or powerfully Then the reach is a curse and when you throw those punches How quickly can you bring them back into position to put your guard up or to yeah. throw another punch the longer but,
0: the reach, the longer that takes. But then at, in saying that, if we're going to rank something probably also high, we we put h- hands low, the elbows are probably up to the top. Agreed. Because his elbows are insane. They And I think that's why he has such fierce elbows.
1: They do a lot of training with the elbows. Because of the length of the reach, the elbows give him a mid-factor that he can utilize at, until he gets that arm back. He get that hand back and throw that elbow up. But I am. I think the only chance that Santos has. Camp may beg to differ, but I. I. It's like asking I've Santos heard, to go in
0: there. Hey, Santos. get inside the reach and land a bomb, and that's your shot. Yeah, it's like Santos, go in there, fight a buzzsaw, and try not to get cut. Correct. You can. You can. Maybe. Maybe you'll get lucky, and you'll find a way to turn off the buzzsaw. But you're going to get hurt, especially the first half of the
1: first round when Jones is feeling you out and he's very tentative and he's trying to read your movement and pace and, you know, get aligned with, with your style, that's your shot. You got to run in and throw a haymaker. Yeah. And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna eat a knuckle sandwich as well, so you better like the way it tastes. Mm-hmm. But that's your shot yeah, to land a big I agree because on as
0: the fight goes on, he's usually breaking you down. He's probably, Too injured, technical. he's probably injured something at that point. Your knee's probably a little bit messed up. Um, that stuff you gotta watch out for. So, Masvidal, Miami Zone, he won already. He won already. You he got, won already. Before you, he even gets in the cage, you think he's gonna sleep him early?
1: Uh, he should bring him a pillow and a blanket. That's what I think. I think he should walk in a cage with a pillow and a blanket. Throw it in the middle. I of think the that cage.
0: would be actually a really good promotion for a way, and just bring a pillow and a blanket to the guy. Here you go. This Ben's like, what is this? This is for you. Give this to your corner. My gift to you. I gift this to you: a pillow and a blanket, please. Sleeping bag, maybe. There you go. Night, night. Shh. If uh, so, this is interesting. So, welterweights at a point right now where Kamaru Usman's the champ. Did you pick? I'm picking Masvidal. Okay. I'm, I don't pick against Masvidal. I didn't hear you clearly state that. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, let me clearly state it. I don't pick against Jorge Masvidal. No, I don't. I don't pick against him. All right, three hundred five. I don't pick against him. You have it tattooed on your chest, don't you? Three, uh, I do, I do. <laughs> um, if he wins this fight, does he get the next title shot, or do you think the winner of Colby Covington versus Robbie Lawler gets the title shot? Because that was announced this week. Um, ben Askren, who's been in the UFC for three seconds, but he's got some beef with uh, Usman. I figure Askren he's... and Masvidal are five and four, right? What do you mean ranking? Yes. Masvidal's four, Askren's five, and I would imagine Usman, and, and, and Usman beat uh, Woodley so bad, I don't think they're going to do that fight for a while, um, and I think I think uh, Woodley's getting some some injury rehabbed, so I can't see that happening. Colby uh, was the interim champion. They stripped him because he wouldn't fight uh, when they wanted him to fight, so I would say he's probably, what is he, one right now, Colby? One or two. He's two rda is not getting a title shot next he already lost to usman so then it's masvidal or Askren. so yeah i would say that the only ways to go robbie's probably not going to get a title shot if he wins but if colby wins he's definitely got an argument i would agree with um that. but masvidal if he wins this fight's probably got as much heat as anything i think if Askren wins him and kamaru have heat they'd want to do that even though he's got a controversial win um and if you're gonna do masvidal I mean, like, Lord knows that dude has put in his dues. He deserves a title shot.
1: Yeah, I think that when Masvidal wins because his fight is a month earlier, puts him in a better position. Yeah, to lock that championship fight in. What I would be concerned about is if Covington, if they wait till after the Covington fight and Covington gets the belt. Not that Covington would beat Usman, but. I don't think that they would put be so quickly to put Masvidal versus Covington in a title fight being from the same camp. Y- yeah, well, I don't think Masvidal
0: cares. I don't think Masvidal cares. I think the camp cares. What it mean? Is that going to be one of those things, though, where Masvidal is going to be like, be like uh, I mean, he loves ATT, though, man. Like, he is. He's, he's, he's like, not going to. He's, he, he's, he's like,
1: he will take one for the team. He's a soldier. Masvidal. I'm hopeful that he wins this fight and, and they make the title that title. Shot. They make that title shot. I mean, just
0: the dudes Cause, like, Kobe that's been on, paid. like, look, Kobe Covington won the interim belt and uh, and and good for him getting that stuff. But like, Masvidal's been on the block forever. Like that guy, that guy deserves to fight for a championship. If he if he comes out of this on top and he beats Ben Askren, and if ATT's like, hey, look, we got two guys. Like, how do you not go with the OG? How do you not go with the guy who Agreed. has repped you forever? And, 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 is, and is giving you those guys those rounds and training with them and doing all that stuff. And a year makes a big difference, plus and minus, yep. for fighters. No, no doubt. No doubt. Like, you you go from, like, this. we talked to Francis, like, first you're the toast of the town of the president of the UFC, and then he doesn't want to even acknowledge you. Right. You know, and Colby and was hot last year, and he was in a big way, but you don't fight when they want you to fight, and then all of a sudden you're out of favor. And so, and Masvidal, has he ever turned down a fight? I mean, no. like, never. He's, he's close to a Cerrone. And disposed of Cerrone. did. He did. In Cerrone's backyard. It's kind of become a thing for Jorge. He goes into people's backyards and just destroys them. He's the gatekeeper. No. I don't okay. like that term. Man. I don't like that. You're thinking of it in a negative way. Because, I, because who respects a gatekeeper? If you, ha- if you, if you want to get in, if you, you stop, respect no, the gatekeeper. if you're stopping me from getting in a gate, we already got problems. I'm and ten- he likes those problems. No. Bring it. I'm going to find I'm another way in the house. I, don't, I would. The oh, when we had gatekeepers back in college. I would, I would trick the gatekeeper. I'd get around them. You climb the fence. Yep. Whatever it took like a spider monkey. Damien. Mine. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the fights. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.